Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to today's edition of Calvary Live. So glad that you chose to join us today. It is a day that you are expecting Pastor Jeff's voice, uh, but I happen to be available today and jumping in to do the show. I've been away for a week or so, so to be back uh, with you is great. Uh, give me a call, 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000. That's the number to get on the air. And then you can call, or excuse me, you can text uh, exclusively. Do not call this number or leave a message, but you can text us. I already saw a text come through. Uh, I'm going to take that first because they're first. 720-336-0897. And it is Tuesday, unless you're hearing an encore presentation. It's Tuesday. Pastor Jeff is away. Uh, he's teaching at a conference that uh, I wanted to go to, uh, but I wasn't able to in Tijuana, Mexico. It's a church planning conference at the Calvary Chapel there in Rosarito, Mexico. And my schedule just didn't permit it. Uh, and But I know that Pastor Jeff, they were blessed by him. Uh, and I'm sure he's back resting or whatever the Lord has him doing. Um, but I get to fill in with for him. It would have been great to partner together. He's got some things going on that are overlapping with our church. He's got some ministry going on in Peru as well. And uh, I connected with a brother named Corey uh, that's serving in Peru recently. And I can see Tijuana. We're already doing stuff there. Uh, and Peru coming up around the corner and some other things. Uh, it's just amazing that the Lord allows us to be a part of the proclamation of the gospel, isn't it? Isn't it just me sharing that right now? I want to light a little fire in you to go on a short-term mission trip. Uh, you may find that it ignites in you a desire for for ministry. Uh, well, maybe it is. Maybe it'll ignite a mission ministry to you. Maybe it'll ignite a missionary heart for you. But at the very least, it'll get you out of what you're normally going in and stepping into someone else's life and their context and their situation. We're going to be heading off to New Jersey in a couple of weeks as well. Uh, going into the inner city. I mean, we're talking New Jersey, Newark, New Jersey, but we'll be ministering in the inner city uh, here in a couple weeks. And it's good to step into the context of what God is doing in that particular neighborhood. So get involved with your local church, go on a mission trip, raise support, go, 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 go. It's now's the time. Now's not the time to be sitting around on our hands, but now's the time to go. And I was thinking today, uh, preparing for our staff meeting tomorrow. First day of school tomorrow too, I think. I'm pretty sure tomorrow's the first day of school. Let me check for us. It is. Uh, tomorrow we have the first day of school at the Calvary Christian Academy. I think this is probably our 12th year or so. Brand new year, brand new leadership, a lot of new teachers, a lot of new excitement. Um, and anyway, uh, after that, after we welcome all the kids and their parents, big, exciting, wonderful day, uh, when I get some time with our staff, I was just thinking uh, about the difference between trials and prosperity. 
uh, times of difficulty and times of success uh, because times of difficulty really drive us down in humility and brokenness and then cause us to cry out. Whereas times of prosperity uh, have a tendency to get us soft. And if you follow the nation of Israel, you'll notice that it was in the times of their great prosperity that they became idolatrous. Uh, They turned their backs on God. And I just see that, you know, in our church, God has been so gracious to us. Uh, We could say that we're in a season, uh, you know, it's, it's been a hard couple years for all of us, uh, but God has really done great things among us. And it it is a, a blessing. And, and because of that, we have to be on edge. We've, we've got to sharpen our axe got to sharpen our tools so that we can be used more, not less, for the kingdom, uh, that we might be more usable, and he'll determine on how much we're to be used. So give me a call, 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000. Here's a great question, great question coming to us from Washington, Spokane, Washington. I'm 32. I've been passive-aggressive most of my life. I don't want to be this way anymore. How do I voice in a healthy, godly way when I feel wronged by someone? I have an older sister who's bossy. If I don't say or do what she expects, I'm told I'm selfish. I want to have boundaries and could use some wisdom in this. Um, so this is really good because it, passive aggressiveness is one of my pet peeves. I can't say that I'm completely um, uh, innocent of it. I'm sure it happens at times. Uh, but it's not my go-to. My go-to, how God made me, is to be very direct. And, you know, passive aggressiveness is a, is, a, is a way of handling things that's very manipulative. Uh, and it is very destructive to relationships. Uh, there's, a, there's a sense of resistance in this behavior, uh, there's a, a sense of hostility, manipulation. Uh, when you think of passive aggressiveness, you think of avoidance of direct communication. Uh, you uh, you could use the phrase game playing. I was just talking to somebody recently, especially as I head out to the East Coast, and I teach at three different churches uh, in New York and New Jersey in a couple weeks. Uh, that I, I, when I started ministering on the East Coast, I just so appreciate them because I grew up on the West Coast, Southern California, which is the capital of passive aggressiveness. Uh, and then I moved to the middle of the states, which is kind of a mixture. But then when you get to the East Coast, I mean, I'm not saying it doesn't exist, but they're just direct, man. They just tell you like it is. And I'm like, yes, yes, I, I want you to tell me like it is. And so... In answer to your question, first of all, the fact that you are dealing directly with it, the fact that you are admitting it is most of the battle because almost always, you know, getting someone to admit uh, this part of their lives is, um, is, is almost impossible. It's because there's a pride issue here because passive aggressiveness is a control issue, very much like anger. I'm, you know, and as I'm sharing with you, I'm not an expert. I'm not a psychologist. I'm not a doctor. So I'm not speaking from that. I'm just speaking like in general, 
experience, both in our family, you know, at least not my family, but extended people that married into our family, um, where they just all this stuff on social media, behind the scenes, game playing, gossip, slander. It's all re- it's all just sin. So the next step of admitting is repenting. Like you want to change, but are you truly sorrowful over the sinful behavior that doesn't rightly represent the love of Christ? What represents the love of Christ? Fidelity, honesty, truthfulness, um, walking in the light, fellowship in Christ. And, you know, you can see it draws out the worst in people. Uh, as your sister, whatever her issues are, um, her, you know, her, um, her go-to for you is you're just selfish and you lack boundaries or whatever. And it just draws the worst out of people. Um, I know that we think directness would draw the worst, but actually passive aggressive, you know, deceit, uh, lies, all of that. Uh, so you ask for an example how you would address someone who acts like that when they have authority over you. I mentioned this a little bit in our study this last weekend. So let me encourage you, go to our website, calvaryco.church, or better yet, go to our app. That's the best way to access everything related to our church. Just go to your app store and put my name in there, Ed Taylor, E-D, and then T-A-Y-L-O-R. My The app will pop up, turn on notifications, and then go to latest messages. And I address this a little bit with the gift of exhortation. Because the gift of exhortation spiritually is a spiritual gift where you tend to be di- direct and help people apply the scriptures. And and one of the ways that you want to do this, and I gave some some advice on how to exercise this gift, which I think would be good advice for your question. It would be a good building block. Uh, but one of the one of the things that I shared was the importance of asking open-ended questions. If I have someone in authority over me that is a game player and is passive-aggressive, um, I, I would, after I build up enough courage, um, have a healthy eye-to-eye dialogue with open-ended questions. Uh, for example, uh, you said this to me yesterday. What did you mean by that? Right? Instead of, I can't believe you're so passive-aggressive with me yesterday. That, that's going to get you nowhere, but... You said this. I've had a night to think about it. What did you mean by that? And then they're going to hopefully give you an answer. And as they're talking, you're praying and you're listening. You're asking, Lord, give me wisdom. Uh, What am I? And as they're sharing with you, the Holy Spirit's going to go that right there. Capitalize on that phrase. And then you say, well, you know, you use the phrase of intimidation. Or I remember some guy coming to me and telling me he was insecure. Well, that, that covers everything about and he won't repent of it. He won't change. So our relationship has changed. It's just the way it is. You know, he just won't change. It's like my fault that he's insecure. It's not my fault. It's his fault. Um, and But we had that dialogue and discussion, and it came out. And I said, that's it. And, you know, the the reality of having a you know an open-ended questions dialogue letting the holy spirit be in the middle of it and if you know that person's authority over you is like a co- a boss or something it might be time to get another job you don't need to stay around with somebody being pat you might go to hr uh, you don't have to go through that and then for you you know don't don't walk in the realm of the fear of man i mean this is such a great question we could do a whole show on it maybe i need to do a podcast on this 
such a great question. I'm going to save this question. So I think this would be a good podcast and think it out and talk it out with another pastor. But like, like godly sorrow, there's also, if you go to the, to the app or the website and put in, uh, look in that passage, uh, in our, when we went through the study in first Corinthians, I talked about, and I explained, uh, what the difference is between godly sorrow and worldly sorrow. And godly sorrow is the only way you're going to get you out of this. It's the only way uh, to really have an understanding of your sin against God and then secondly, your sin against others, 2 Corinthians chapter 7. Um, so I, that study is available on the app as well. So you're well on your way. Honesty, fidelity, walking in the light as he's in the light, having fellowship with one another. Father, I pray for Lisa. I know that uh, there is um, great progress you're making in her life. What a revelation and what an admission. And I pray that you would help her as she does set good boundaries and just has permission to do that by you, Lord. You created the boundaries, not some guy that wrote a book. And so help her as she sorts it out and sorts some of these broken relationships out. In Jesus' name, amen. And by the way, Lisa, um, there is a book on, I'm sure you've, you, you used the phrase, so you may or may not know about it, but it's entitled Boundaries. Uh, and a brother wrote it, uh, but he didn't invent boundaries, even though it's a popular book. God invented boundaries, and there are God-ordained boundaries that help us have healthy relationships, and you have permission to follow the God-given boundaries. So thank you for this question. Great way to start the show, and we're going to go to the phone lines out to Baltimore. Judy, welcome to the program. Judy, you're on the air. Hey, Judy, you may want to turn the radio down or you may want to turn off your streaming so that we, because there's a delay. Are you with us, Judy? Judy's not here. She'll have to call back. 303-690-3000 is the number. 303-690-3000. Taking your calls and your questions. Praise report, friend that lost her husband was reaching out to a medium, had dinner with her last night, and she said she couldn't explain it, but she feels lighter. She feels like grief is no longer engulfing her. She said, I've been praying to God for peace and contentment. So thank you for all your prayers. They're working. Um, And of course, pray for myself, my brother, and I just took ownership of my parents' business, and God always takes care of us. So I'm going to pray for you, but I just want to clarify, if you're listening, that she is understanding that going to a medium is the wrong choice, right? I'm I'm assuming that, but I just want to make sure, the way I read your text, that uh, she understands that probably part of your ministry to her was to get her looking to the Lord, uh, and I'm glad you did. A great resource. Uh, for your friend right now would be the Grief Share Ministry, griefshare.org, griefshare.org. 303-690-3000. Give me a call. Open lines. Father, I pray for this uh, person, Lord, just taking over a business with her, with her sibling, that you would provide for all of their needs according to your riches in Christ Jesus. And I thank you for the friend in her life that is moving away from the demonic, which is mediums and witchcraft, and moving toward the peace that passes all understanding that's a gift 
to be received from you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Here's another question. Can Christians be demonically possessed? No, they cannot. Not even partially as some churches want to do today. No, 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 no. And I think the Bible, it's an invention of man to get control over people because the Bible couldn't be clearer when it comes to the to the presence of the Holy Spirit in a person in a person's life. A born again believer is sealed by the Holy Spirit. And light and darkness cannot coexist. Uh, and it's very important. Uh, it says, for you are all children of the light and of the day. We don't belong to darkness, but to light. Um, to you, We don't belong to darkness and night. Uh, and Paul would talk about righteousness can't be partnered with wickedness. Light can't live with darkness. Uh, and so, no, you can't. You, you can be harassed from the outside. You can be attacked uh, from the outside, but you cannot be possessed in any, any way whatsoever. How do we know what someone's possessed? I, I think that there is a clarity of behavior and actions and words that would lead a person to believe that. The times I've experienced uh, people with demon possession, it, it was... It's not like you could write a book on it. It was just pretty evident. Uh, and they were just demonically controlled. Uh, and I, I don't know that there's a list uh, that <clears throat> you could, um, you know, you could tell that. You know, we just pray against the demonic. You can, in a very real way, you can pray against the demonic forces um, in any situation, even if you don't know if they're possessed or not. And just pray that God would overwhelm them uh, with a sense of your uh, spirit. So a sense of his spirit, I should say. 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000 is the number. Taking your calls and your questions. Just knowing that God is with us. Among us and uh, it's encouraging uh, for us to be together on the radio. Let's go over to Keensburg, Colorado. Welcome to the program, Jenny. Uh, actually, Tammy, but that's okay. Tammy's um, great. Hey, We're correct it. I, I have a question with the boundaries. Um, okay. And it's really kind of a long, drawn-out story, which I'm not, I, I don't really want to go into too much Good. We detail. Um, but let's just say my, my husband and I have custody of his children. And... Um, I'm feeling like, so the, the kid's mom is in active addiction. That's why we have custody. Okay. She's trying to go outside of the um, court order. And I'm feeling like a really, really, really bad Christian because I know that we are supposed to love with Christ's love. Of course. Um, and But I am, I am so, I literally went into a rage today. When my husband sent me a text message about her wanting, so I cook for our church's um, soup kitchen, um, like once a month, and she wants to volunteer, okay, volunteer to come to the soup kitchen to uh, see her daughters because okay. she can't do the supervised visitation 
because she got kicked out of the place that she was doing the supervised visitation. And so I just, I have like this, I'm like, no, no, no. Juana, I need to concentrate on, on what I'm doing. Um, I'm, I'm serving 100 people food, and, and I really can't take the time to supervise a visit with her during that time. And I feel like um, I feel like a really, really bad person for 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 not allowing that. But sure. I also feel like this is like pushing my boundaries so far out of circumference. And this woman is really nasty. Um, she's a very nasty individual who uh, calls names and talks trash. And and I'm just like, no, this is not the time nor the place. Yeah. Well, it's, it sounds like it's a very difficult situation you married into. It's part of the package when you took your vows, for better or for worse. And it does sound like God's using it in your life. You know, the things, I, I don't know what to do with this situation. I have no idea. Um, I don't know what God's leading you to do. But I can sense that God is stirring up in you. Even though your first response was rage, you know, and anger, you God calmed you down. He started thinking about it. And that's a good place to be thinking and praying about. God, this situation is so outside of what the best scenario is, what's best for these kids, what's best for my husband as the dad. Like, like this is so far away. And and you know, like, I don't like it. You know, you, you have to take these things to the Lord. It's so important um, that you take them to the Lord and know that he's going to give you wisdom on how to handle it. And, you know, you think about those kids, you think about what's best for those kids. You know, what's best for those kids is their mom is sober, walking in sobriety. What's best for their kids is their mom is born again, that they, uh, she repents of her sin and surrenders. What's best for those kids is that their mom is a part of their lives in a healthy way. You know, you start thinking about the kids, you start thinking about what glorifies God and it changes the whole situation. Um, you know, you, you look at the, the scenario of manipulation and difficulty and all her past dealings. And, and yet at the same time, you're like, well, maybe the Lord would have me, um, if it's legal, you know, cause you don't want to break the law in the case of these kids and it's safe that you do half and half. You tell the person that you're cooking for, Hey, you know, I got this unique situation. You call a prayer meeting, you get everybody praying for this girl and you give her an hour or like you meet her in the middle or, and again, I'm not giving counsel cause I don't, it, you can't do that on the radio. Like I don't know the whole story, but when you start opening yourself to the work of the Holy spirit, it is amazing. The solutions that he can give that you would never think about why so that you might glorify him. What's the best that would honor God and what's the best that would honor these kids uh, and it may not be possible, you know, she may be in, come all, it may not be safe. It may not be legal. I don't know those types of things, but I do know this. The Lord is stretching you, but probably in ways that you don't realize yet. The Lord is stretching you in how you yield yourself to his agape love. And, you know, sometimes it is a hard no. Sometimes it is difficult. It's not always just capitulating and pretending we don't have issues. But I would agree with you. You're being stretched, and the Holy Spirit is with you, and he's going to give you wisdom. And 
I, I, I'm, I am very much um, absolutely sure of that. So let me pray for you, okay? Thank you. Father, I do pray for my sister. I can think of so many situations where, like, this is, um, th- this is we, we don't know what to do to the left or to the right. We, we don't know how to respond. And we get frustrated or angry or fearful or anxious or all these emotions, God. And, and I just pray you'd give us wisdom for the moment. Your word says in James that if any of us lacks wisdom, that we can come to you and ask you, and you will give us wisdom that we don't currently have. And I just pray that into my sister's life, uh, into Tammy's life, Lord, that she would have this fresh wisdom. Because this isn't the last time that a challenge like this will come up. And I pray for this mom. Um, there's obviously reasons why custody was taken away. And I know that those kids' safety is of utmost importance. And we just pray that she would come clean, God. And that she would live in a, a life that is clean, like without influence of alcohol and drugs. I'm sure she's a wonderful woman apart from alcohol and, and drugs. And so I just pray by your spirit that you would reveal exactly what you want to do through this situation in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Pastor. All right, sister. Bye-bye. So many complications of sin. Just so so difficult and it is hard to say no uh it is it is hard to say no it's hard to say not right now it's hard to say no that that's not going to happen um and and lord just even talking out loud just thinking uh give strength uh to us when we have to make those hard decisions we pray that in jesus name amen all right we're coming up on the uh first break and the only break of the show uh, give me a call, 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000 is the number. Uh, here's a prayer for a plumbing nightmare, thousands of dollars to fix. Father, I pray for wisdom and provision to fix this plumbing nightmare. Um, young family, um, I pray that you would, with a little two-year-old girl, I pray that that you would show what exactly is happening how you're going to solve this, that you would provide the $20,000 to fix it, or uh, even provide a different way. Um, You might show um, mercy on this situation. And I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Well, my name is Ed Taylor. I'm the pastor here at Calvary Church. I've been out of town, but just got back. I'll share a little bit about that. I shared with our church this weekend. I think it's a great testimony. I want to share a little bit about that with you when we come back from the break. And of course, we have an open line, 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000 is the number and would love to have you join me on the air. You can text me as well. Uh, the text line is the text line is 720 720- Three three six zero eight nine seven, used for texting only, and uh, we'd love to have you join us on the air. My name is Ed, pastor here at Calvary Church. All information available uh, related to our church and Grace FM is on our website. Calvary CO stands for Colorado. Calvary CO dot church, and that's our website. Get our app. 
turn on notifications, uh, which would be go to the app store and put my name in there. There's a lot of Calvary churches. That's why. So just put my name in, Ed Taylor, uh, and the app will pop up, Calvary Church. It's white and black, white with black letters. Download it, turn on notifications, and stay in touch. For example, there are people listening to the show right now because they got a notification that it started. It's like, oh, let me click it and listen on my way home. Uh, so 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000, and we're coming up on the one and only break. We'll be right back right here on Calvary Live. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, welcome back everyone to today's edition of Calvary Live. It's the second half. My name is Ed Taylor taking your calls and your questions. 303-690-3000 is the number 303-690-3000. Taking your calls and your questions. Let me get to the phone line real quick since we have uh, Bill in New Jersey that's been waiting. Bill in New Jersey, welcome to the program. Hi, how are you? Thank you for having me on the, on the line. Yeah, you're welcome. I'm going to be in New Jersey in a couple weeks. Oh, it's exciting. Yeah, it is. I'm going to be in Newark with uh, Ray Dash, and I'm going to be with um, uh, Pastor Jim Kevney in, is it Morris Hills? Is Morris yeah. Hills? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so looking forward to it. Great, great. Good to hear. Um, What's going on? So my question actually is, um, so for, for a believer, for a new believer, when they come to saving faith in Christ, um, yes. are they filled with the Spirit at that point or at their baptism? This is in they're, reference to Matthew chapter 3, verse 16. Yeah, they're filled immediately. Uh, let me read Matthew 3.16, and then I'll show you something. Um, in Matthew 3.16, it says, when Jesus, speaking of Jesus, when he had been baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him. He saw the Spirit of God descending uh, like a dove and alighting upon him, and a voice spoke from heaven, saying, This is my beloved Son, and whom I'm well pleased. And so the the reference here in Matthew 3 is not in reference to the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, because you'll remember uh, Jesus, being God in human flesh, did not need to be born again. Uh, he had the Spirit of God dwelling in him in the womb. Um, you know, So I guess if you use the technical wording, God has always been saved, so Jesus always had the Holy Spirit. But when you take the spotlight off of uh, off of Jesus and put it on a you know a, a non uh, a real conversion. I think of Cornelius. If you remember Cornelius in Acts chapter ten, Peter comes to his house. God sets the whole thing up, and remember, it says in Acts chapter ten. It says, uh, let's see, he preaches the gospel while Peter was still speaking these words. Verse forty four. Acts 10, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who heard the word 
and the and the those of the circumcision who believed were astonished as many as came with Peter because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also they heard him speak with tongues and magnify God then they were water baptized in verse 47 uh, and 48 so there's a great example of baptism having nothing to do with receiving the Holy Spirit because baptism is something that a believer does Great, thank you. Yeah, it's a great question. Thanks for yeah, asking. Thanks for helpful. waiting. Bless you, brother. All right, thank you. Bye bye. Three zero three six nine zero three thousand is the number. Let's see. Let's go ahead and take another call. Denver, Colorado. Robert, Hello? welcome to the program. Hey, Pastor Ed. First of all, thanks for taking my call. I do appreciate it. So, my question yep. has to uh, isn't related to fasting. Okay, um, I understand. As I understand it, please correct me if I'm wrong, um, the purpose of fasting is so that you can seek some clarification from God um, in certain aspects of your life. My question is, is how do you start, oh, sorry, how do you start a fast? Um, how long should one fast and how do you end a fast? Yeah, I think that uh, you start a fasting by making a decision to stop eating. Uh, or, you know, there are different types of fasts, but I, if you're, if you're medically able to do that, I suggest you go water only, a complete fast where you, because the word literally means to abstain from food. I know over the years, I think God honors our desire, but over the years, fasting has become, well, I don't watch TV and I'm not on social media. Yeah, I guess technically that could fit, but the real biblical definition of fasting, whenever you read fasting, they weren't stopping one little thing in their life they were abstaining from food that's what the word means it means one who has not eaten it means one who is empty it's the willful neglect of food to deny my earthly tendency and to uplift my spirit in jesus and so you just choose to you know if you have to go to the doctor go make a medic go make a medical doctor appointment just to see if you're if you're healthy if you can do it um because you know you you're going to want to if your body needs certain nutrients to live you god doesn't want you to fast and and suffer death over it um so if you need to see a doctor definitely um but you know fasting is a time of prayer time of thinking all the time you would normally spend cooking food thinking about food eating food um you know cleaning the dishes can all be spent an extra time of taking sometimes it's very specific things sometimes it's very general things but you spend that time waiting on God, purposely denying the flesh, because I can tell you it'll be very challenging. Um, it'll be very difficult. And in that difficulty is a time for you to really lean on the Lord uh, and trust him. And I did a whole series on this. Uh, in If you go to our website and just put the word fasting in the search bar for the messages, I did a, a whole study on this because we've had church-wide fast before. We've had seven-day fast before. We always encourage the church to fast anytime they feel burdened to do it. And so I taught on it and gave a whole full Bible study on fasting. I think would be really helpful. Okay. I, I do appreciate it, and I will um, look into that. So as far as, as the length of fast, is that just something that, that when you're praying about it, the Lord will lead you to, to how long the fast should be? Yes, uh, you know, and I think I think you should make so again just advice. I think you should make at least a twenty four hour commitment. Uh, you know, because half of that commitment is going to be sleeping, 
So I, I think you say, okay, God, you know where my heart is. Um, I, you know that this is what I desire to do. And so I'm going to give you the next 24 hours of my life. And I'm going to do what Jesus said. When I fast, I'm going to do it secretly. I'm going to do it unto you. Uh, and I, I think there is a book that we use during this time too. Uh, it is fasting. Let me, I'm going to talk and, um, type at the same time. Let me just see what's in our store. And I'm pretty sure we recommend a book that might help with a much broader, uh, selection of answers to questions. So let me see fast God's chosen fast. I thought I saw it. So we have a, we have a book called God's chosen fast. Uh, in our bookstore that we recommend uh, that will help you with all of these questions. Perfect. All right. Well, I do thank you, and uh, yeah, thank you for uh, for what you do. You're welcome. God bless you, brother. Same to you. Bye-bye. Hey, welcome everyone listening on the Radio by Grace Network. You're listening live along with the Grace FM family. Uh, Listening on Hope FM, Truth FM, Higher Rock, you're listening one week delayed. uh, And, 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 that all that means is you are, um, you are listening to this uh, one week delay, but you can call while the show is on and talk to a host, and he will be here, uh, and we will answer your question. And you get to listen to it on the show next week. And there is another book. This is the other book I was thinking of: "Fasting for Spiritual Breakthrough" by Elmer Towns. Uh, that is not in our bookstore, but I'm going to ask Kurt to add it. Fasting for Spiritual Breakthrough by Elmer Towns. Thanks, Kevin. That was a book that we used a lot as well. 303-690-3000. Let's just go ahead and grab this call. Brandon in Boulder, welcome to the program. Hi, Pastor Ed. Um, hey. Thank you for taking my call, and thank you for your ministry. It's been You're welcome. me for years. Um, so my question, I've been noticing... Are you, can you hear me? I can, yes. Uh, I've been noticing, I do live in Boulder. Okay. And there's a lot of uh, universal churches that are cropping up, but also across the street, there's a Jewish synagogue. Okay. And there's, there's a big banner that says, Reproductive freedom is a Jewish value. Yeah. And then you go next door to the Methodist church, and it says, We're open and affirming. Yeah. With the rainbow flag. So I feel like God is being dropped off in favor of politics and culture. And as a Christian, I'm not sure how to to handle it because it it stirs in my spirit. And I'm not sure what I can do. I drive by them every day, and it's kind of unsettling. So I'm wondering if you could give me some advice or give us as Christians some advice on how to approach that. Yeah, there's a few different angles to take on this uh, that we should consider. There's the personal angle um, of how to resp- how do we respond to false teachers? Because that's the category of people. It's hard for me to even call any of those gatherings a church. They're really not a church. They're not representative of the body of Christ. They're not representing the truth of God's word. They're creating gods in their own image. So for me, I can't. It's even I'm. I can't even stomach calling them a church because they're not. They're a gathering where they talk about their own opinions, do their own thing, and then blame God for their bad beliefs. Uh, and and it ticks me off um, personally. I, 
I'm not saying that I have every belief right. I'm not saying that, well, compared to me, it's not compared to me. I'm st- I'm growing in the grace of God, but the things that you describe are just couldn't be farther from the truth. I mean, either they can just say, well, we don't use the Bible anymore. If they just said that, and we're not really a church, we're just doing our own thing, and we're not even in the heritage of our founders, whether it's the Methodists and Charles Wesley or the Presbyterians and the Puritans, like if they would just say it straight up, then they wouldn't be so hypocritical and and they're not a church. They're not worshiping the one true God. They're not. I, I was reminded of Jesus talking to the church in Sardis in Revelation chapter 3. He says, I know all the things you do, that you have a reputation for being alive, but you're dead. Wake up and strengthen what little remains. And there is a little bit that remains. They probably have a Bible in the building somewhere. They probably sing old hymns. They're, they're so close and yet so far away. He says, for what even is left is almost dead. Um, I find your actions do not meet the requirements of my God. And so go back and to what you heard and believed at first and hold to it firmly. Repent, Jesus says to them, and turn back to me again. If you don't wake up, I'll come to you suddenly and unexpectedly as a thief. And, and so I think that we call them, you know, we declare the false doctrine for what it is. We steer people clear away from that false teaching. And then personally, we avoid them. We avoid that false teaching. Uh, we don't submit ourselves to it. And and then another angle, part of what I might hear, and you can correct me, but like, what could you do for those particular churches in your community? Did I hear that as a part of your question? Yeah, I think, I mean, my heart goes out to those who are being lied to and, and buying into to these doctrines, you know, even even the synagogue. It's interesting that they would have a so close um, reproductive freedom banner up um, of all things. So. They're so close, just like yeah. the Jews. You know, if you were to go to Israel with us when we do our tours, Israel is ninety nine percent secular, um, with a religious flavor on the holidays, the high holidays that come up, but no real relationship with God. You know, they're. Their um, their words Jesus talked about. Let me let me uh, maybe it was in Isaiah. Uh, let me see. He talks about their hearts being far from him. Let me see. Um, Matthew five fifteen. It's quoting Isaiah. These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far far from me. Uh, and and so there's a couple of different angles. I mean, number one, all of us, including you. The, one of the best things that we can do to combat false teaching is to live authentic, real, godly lives that we ourselves, because we're the only ones we control, so that my life reflects an honest life, that I live in authenticity and, and I live in honesty and I walk in the light as he is in the light so that I can have fellowship with God and others. And I think the greatest thing you offer, Brandon, to your community is living your life for Jesus Christ. And while you're living your life for Jesus, the Holy Spirit will lead you, especially the burden, you know, as you're looking across the street, you know, it may be time to take one, maybe if you call, and I know it sounds awkward, but it's probably not as awkward as you think that you walk over there or call them and see if you can take them out to lunch and just ask them, where are you coming from? What Bible are you using? And not, not, you know, it would be really hard, but you could do it without being combatant that you just, you're sowing seeds into their lives. Who knows what would happen if they got saved? Who knows what would happen if the leadership of those churches truly were born again, changed the whole course and the whole direction of that church or that movement? 
Um, and, you know, what do you mean by, and, and even having a dialogue about their banner. So what do you mean about reproductive rights as a Jewish? What, what do you mean by that? And let them explain it to you and let them sound how foolish they, they could, how foolish it is where they can't make a biblical statement. They can make a personal statement. Um, but the autonomy of, of the human body is the exact opposite of what Jesus taught. And for the, your Jewish friends, you know, don't even worry about the New Testament. Go back to the Old Testament. Uh, talk about worship of the God of Moloch. Ask the rabbi if he, under, if he knows who Moloch is. Um, and say, you know, do you know what they did with Moloch? Um, they sacrificed children. They killed kids in worship of their gods. And said, what do you think about Moloch? Well, you know, uh, we would never encourage you to put a baby on a haunted idol. You know, so the whole point is to get them talking. And that may be something that even the Holy Spirit is saying, this is how I want to use you. Go ahead and walk across the street. Introduce yourself. Dialogue about their their banner. Um, and, and then, you know, be careful not to be frustrated if they don't listen to you or they get mad at you or, you know, they... Um, you're just planting seeds, right? One person plants, another waters, but God gives the increase. And the people you're going to have the greatest influence are the people that are closest to you. And these days, and the, the, on a broader scale, and I'll let you respond, Brandon, but on a broader scale, the days of reason and logic are far gone. Uh, it, reason and logic are no longer uh, helpful or convincing tools in a postmodern culture. Um it, it, we used to rely on logic. You know, we used to rely like, like I was dialoguing with someone on this recently that I know I watched her grow up. Um, and she literally told me, she literally told me, I don't care if it's a human being in my womb. I mean, how do you, how do you deal with that? <laughs> and you just pray and give the truth. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's the hardest part, Pastor what what direction to go with that? Do you go with bringing scripture into it so that they they convict themselves, or do you go the route of just listening? I mean, I'm sure a little of both is always yeah. good. But. I think the spirit would lead you. I mean, to me, I'm always going to use the scripture. The real question is. Am I going to open the Bible? Like, is like, am I going to am I going to overtly use the scripture, or am I going to speak to them? quoting the Bible without quoting the Bible, right? Because part of the dialogue is for the second conversation. Part of the dialogue is for the third conversation. I'm not necessarily walking across the street thinking the whole world's going to... Like, again, I'm, I'm not a big man of faith either, so that's my problem. <laughs> but but I, I've been around long enough where I'm like, okay, like I'm just a guy, a Yahoo off the street that's offended by a banner and want to start and offended by a belief and offended by the way you guys are doing. But I know none of those can be my, I can't start with that. I can't lead with that. Um, and so as I'm, I'm always going to use the Bible. It's just a matter of how, how am I going to use it? Because the only, it's not even my logic and reason that I'm bringing across the street. It's what God's word says. He values life, all life and wants a life as a life. Life is equal to the woman that's alive and the baby that's alive. Um, and if a Jewish person would then say, well, reproductive rights are, um, equally valued by Jews and by God or whoever, like whatever they say, 
that the, the dial if they want to dialogue with me the emphasis the the impetus or the the weight of them proving their point is on them it's not on me like if you have a new right i mean demonstrate it to me where does that come from where does it come from and i'm sure they have a valid reason you know well the government god's government and government can't tell you what to do with your body and i'm sure they have a good reason uh, i doubt that they made it up it's just it's just a reason that stops with man and man's opinion and it just centers right. on the autonomy of man man what was i reading recently that was a great resource let me see if i can it's just there's a great resource i started reading i think it was tony evans um tony evans has a book that he just came out with called kingdom values and he spends the first couple chapters talking about the autonomy and sovereignty of man and how that becomes the the central and how he applies it. it is it is it's kingdom values by tony evans great first couple chapters talking about how what it what it looks like and what we're dealing with in the autonomy and sovereignty of man and that's really what we're dealing with um men yeah, people that have put themselves first I think the one thing you don't want to do, of course, when you have these conversations is to put them on the defense with with Scripture out of the gate, like um, God hates the shedding of innocent blood in Proverbs, for example. Yeah. You know, that that might put them on the defense as opposed to asking them questions about, can you elaborate on this? What is, I like, yes. I like, that, I like that, that plan. But, you know, for me, my heart breaks for those who actually go to the churches. It's, it's, not, I know. it's not anger so much. And I know it, it. It sounds like it's impacting you as well, and it does bother you. But um, I, yeah, my heart breaks for them, and I, I do. You know, even those. Uh, what is it? The the, uh, the church walks around Walmart, and, and they preach this strange. Yeah, the worldwide well. Church of God, or yeah, the... and they hand out business cards and further confuse those who are, are looking for for the right path. They're looking for clarification and it's making it worse and it really bothers me so I, well I, it bothered you know. jesus too you know he's dealing with it in the first century uh false teachings and taking advantage even in the last days you know which kind of validates that we are in the last days jesus said there'd be a proliferation of false teachers like it would be more and just listening to your language too though god really is going to use you brandon because not many people say or respond with what you've seen with a broken heart. And a broken heart, and again, to whatever degree that's described in your life, a broken heart moves a person to humble action. And whatever the outcome is, however it's received, humble action is very powerful. And it is the antithesis of the power structures of the world. It is, it is the, it, you are walking in the footsteps of Jesus when you step into a challenging thing with humility, brokenness, empathy. I mean, that's a language that is so powerful in a world that so desperately needs it. Mm, that's well said. Thank you, brother. Well, thank okay, you man. for all you do. I'll, I'll let you go, but uh, yeah, thank you for your insights. God bless you, brother. Bye-bye. Father, I do pray for my brother Brandon uh, and, and just men and women that are in the same boat, just broken over the condition of our world and especially in the spiritual realm with these false teachers, false teachings, just some really 
politicized former churches. These churches used to be on the cutting edge, many of them. Uh, the, our, our friends that are Jewish in synagogues and gatherings, they're right there. They're right at the gate of Messiah. And we pray, God, that you would use us in these last days. Um, it's not. It's easier to pray than it is to do. Uh, and we just want help, God. We want, we want help. And we're asking you uh, to empower us and, you know, fill us with your Holy Spirit, knowing that you are our strength. In Jesus' name, amen. I wanted to find this quote, and I probably won't before the end, because I can't remember the guy's name. Uh, but let me, uh, as I'm closing up, the show's almost coming to the end. I'm sorry I couldn't get to all the calls or the questions but let me let me just see if I can find this guy's uh, book. Uh, yeah, I'm not going to do it. I can't remember his name. It's an interesting name, so you would think you would remember it. Um, but he talked about the need for a voice in the world today, and I want to re-quote him, um, but I can't remember his name. He's a real famous Christian blogger. Uh, that talks about small churches. Um, that's how he started. Uh, and, but, ay, 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 ay. He's a minister to small church. Here, how about I do this? Small church blogger. Let's see if he comes up. Uh, uh, oh, no. Doggone it. He had a really good quote. It's not Carl Vader's, although that is a brother. He is also ministering to small churches. Um, at any rate, maybe next time. Lord willing, I'll be back tomorrow. I'll find the quote tonight. Um, but I do think we need to respond to the prompting of the Holy Spirit in our lives. I do believe we need to act on it. And I know it sounds far-fetched of going across the street and taking out of somebody to lunch. Uh, well, it... You don't know if it's going to happen or not if you don't take your shot, right? You got That's the big phrase today. Take your shot. Um, I, I can tell you if you don't do anything, I'll tell you what the answer is. No. The answer is no. Uh, if you don't do anything, then nothing's going to happen. Uh, and and so, all right. So I've, I've got a list of the uh, 200 most looked at... Um, blogs and I still don't see his name. Ay ay ay. Thank you Kevin. I will have to look through this later. Um Oh, there it is. Kerry Newhoff, okay? Perfect. He's the 79th most popular. Oh, maybe we'll find it before the end of today's show. Um I but somebody was quoting him, so I'm not sure um if I will find it. Uh, but he talked about the need for a particular voice in the world today. And um, and I know it was him because somebody quoted him. But at any rate, if, if I can't find it, we'll do it tomorrow um, and see if I can find it. Uh, just being able to... Um, just being able to speak into the culture today with a language that's needed. Um, it was just talking about how uh, the language of today is so like caustic 
and how we can step in with true genuine love and and how to particularly step into the situation but he quote, he posts on twitter so much that um i may not be able to find it well that's how it goes um grateful to be with you this afternoon i know that pastor jeff is usually here um but the holy spirit um had me be here today just for what god wants to do in us pray for me um i maybe i'll share a little bit more tomorrow but i was in california recently and while i was in california my father-in-law passed away uh so i'll be doing his uh memorial here very soon for my mother-in-law it's just such a great privilege considering how i entered into this family and how God redeemed um, even all the mistakes that I made, how I get to preach the gospel. There's a whole story surrounding. I shared a little bit with our church uh, this last weekend, but I'll share it tomorrow on Calvary Live um, and how the Lord will reach even those that you think are unreachable. Um, Even if you've been praying for 30 years, you're like, oh, it's never going to happen, or uh, you might be of the skeptical type. No, God can do great things. Uh, God can do great, great things. There's a question here. Can you re-listen to this program? Yes, you can re-listen to Calvary Live by downloading the Grace FM app. Grace FM, make sure it's the one here in Colorado, and it's right under the media tab. We have a podcast. You can also podcast the Calvary Live wherever you get podcasts. Uh, We post them about a week later or so after they get edited. So, Thanks for joining me this afternoon. The Lord bless, encourage, strengthen you in all that he's doing in your life. Uh, Lord willing, we'll see you tomorrow. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's word.